0: Welcome to Basically Famous. Thanks for joining us. We're your hosts, Shelby and Tyler. Welcome to this week's episode. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you've decided to join us. But most of all, we're so excited Grace has decided to join us. And so Grace, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, my name is Grace Huffman Dunham. I um, live here in Fort Worth. I work at the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association with Tyler. Um, And that is how I have become familiar with the Basically Famous podcast. Um, I'm from San Angelo originally. Um, I grew up on a ranch outside of town in Fort McAvitt between the two. Um, I went to college at the University of Texas. And while I was there, I got the political bug. Um, so I worked on a number of campaigns and ended up kind of going back and forth between Austin and D.C. And then, um, you know, I worked worked in the Capitol for a little bit. I ended up, my final job in D.C., I was working for John Boehner, who was the Speaker of the House um, at the time and kind of worked my way up in his political organization until I was doing all of his political action fundraising and then also all of his surrogate events. So if he was like a special guest for a member of Congress, you know, all the way from like New York to Maine to California, I was handling all the logistics for those. So I was kind of handling all the money and handling all the logistics in certain aspects of his campaign. Um, And from there, I went to go work for Jeb Bush. Um, He had a super PAC that was based in Los Angeles. And as we all know, uh, Jeb Bush did not become president. So due to that fact, I became unemployed. Um, but made my way back to Texas where I started working for a political fundraising firm in Austin and then opened up their Dallas fundraising branch. And I worked there for about three years until I joined the cattle raisers. Um, I live here forwards. I have a husband named Zach. I have a baby. She's four and a half months old named Hope. And I have um, the world's most fantastic free dog named Frio that Tyler <laughs> Tyler gave me.
0: <laughs> well, Frio did you well. He prepared
1: you for parenthood. I know. Frio, you know, if you didn't want to take a puppy back to college, I wouldn't have ended up being the world's happiest dog mom. So I appreciate you giving me Frio.
0: Well, you kind of talked about, so now you're at Cattle Raisers. So, and how you kind of got here, but tell us what your current job is. And really, it sounds like you got into politics and through politics, you really Mm -hmm. got into this events and engagement aspect of life and work and planning events and so tell us what you do now yeah so I guess the kind of backstory as to how I got here was
1: um in my political job I had done a number of events with the cattle raisers um, for different members of congress and luckily they all were successful so when I saw the posting for this job um the events position became open I reached out to them and said you know it was something that I would be interested in if um if you know it, it worked out and luckily it did. I've been doing political fundraising my entire professional career. So it was kind of a little bit of a jump, a career change, but um, one that, you know, after the 2020 election, I was a little bit burned out. So I was I was excited to make it. Um, and I was also excited to have a job that was in Fort Worth instead of Dallas. So I would get uh, two hours of my day back every day that I was spending on I-30 previously. Um, but they were nice enough to, you know, take a chance on me and i started in january 2021 which was a weird time to get into just an event specific role if you can imagine i mean we're just newly getting vaccines out on you know out in front of everybody and everybody's still a little hesitant to to come out in public and so my first challenge in that position was to plan our convention which is where we host 4000 of our members in fort worth every year um for our big annual event and typically it's in march but due to covid we had moved it to july um it was a huge challenge because everybody that had well let me restate that um the entire team that was planning it maybe outside of hannah Burton, had never attended the convention much less like planned this convention so we had a lot of uh learning curves but Between Tyler and Emily and Cooper and Hannah and me and the rest of the team at Cattle Raisers that helped put us together. It was not Fire Fest. It was a big success. Um, We all kept our jobs. We all, nobody got fired. Um, So it ended up being, you know, like I said, a big success. And we're right now gearing up to plan our third convention um, since I've been on board. And you know, I'm just really excited about this one. I think we're gonna have a lot of really fun things and new, um, new, new ways to introduce people to all the excitement and entertainment and educational aspects that we have to offer. So, all of you listeners, make sure you mark March 24th through 26th of 2023 here in Fort Worth. Registration opens January 1st. Come to the Cattle Raisers Convention. It'll be a great
0: it is always a guaranteed good time so you do plan convention yearly Mm -hmm. we also do a summer meeting a policy conference and those are much smaller scaled Mm events but you plan 25 to 30 ranch gatherings a year and those are a huge undertaking i did that for three months (laughs) while you were gone and i was never so happy to give someone their job back
1: oh my gosh well that's that's another story about how tyler took over my job which we can get to but um yeah i oversee the majority of the events that cattle racers puts on um as well as all of our advertising and sponsorships so it's um they kind of go hand in hand but you know there's always always a different challenge but it's never a boring day taking care and servicing the needs of our 17,000 members so um i just you know i i appreciate it every day i will tell your listeners and you can cut this out if you want to but Tyler, you know, put this podcast on and did it all the time. And all of her other many responsibilities. And in the middle of that, on her first day of work was the day that I had hope. And so she pulled up to the hospital and my dad handed or not my dad, my husband handed her a binder with all the notes and my to do list and said, good luck. And Tyler, you know, we had a bunch of successful events. All of them were successful. And all she had to go off of was um, you know, a little binder that I put together and a to do list. Um, but I'm just so grateful that you were there because with hope coming early and everything else that went on, it was, um, there were a lot of moving parts and you just picked it up and ran with it and everything
0: was great. Well, it was just like, well, we're either going to swing or swim. So, you <laughs> might <as well> swim. <laughs> so, might as well. Talking about agriculture, you talked about your family has a ranch. Kind of talk a little bit about you know how you were involved in agriculture prior to this and then what would your advice be to someone getting in the industry so when you start telling your story i mean i I hope our listeners pick up that really before this your cattle background knowledge was little to none yeah and how that's generous how much this has changed your perspective on that yeah so like
1: i said um my family has a ranch in fort mccabot and it's been in our family since the 1860s so It's not like I'm completely new to ranching. And growing up in San Angelo, we were there, you know, every weekend. We were there all summer long. So I was definitely familiar with ranching. um, Our ranch, it's a cow-calf operation, but we also focus on hunting, and we have a really robust land conservation program. So I didn't realize until I got to TSDRA just exactly how little I knew about the cattle side of our um, ranch, our, our ranch is kind of split up interestingly. Um, obviously it's a multi-generational ranch. So my uncle really focuses on the cattle and the goats. And then my dad handles all of the hunting and the land conservation programs. So we were out there all the time, but I was checking feeders and we were planning, you know, to go up in the helicopter with a biologist to do our deer hunt, uh, deer count. So we would know how many you know, bucks and does that we were going to be able to take that season. And, you know, I went to the buckskin brigades, which is kind of more about deer hunting. And my parents were always at different grass workshops. And, you know, there was one birthday. I remember we were doing something out at the ranch and my mom had the game warden come and give a hunter gun safety lesson to all of my friends. I don't think that my birthday party consisted of any guns Like we weren't shooting or doing any kind of hunting, but my mom still thought that was a good opportunity to get the game warden out there and um, teach everybody a little bit about gun safety, just in the middle, between the cake and the presents. I don't know. (laughs) Um, You know, I also feel like I spent my entire childhood and adolescence spraying mesquite trees. Um, So, you know, whenever I say that I grew up on the ranch, like we were there all the time when we were always working, but um, I'd never worked cows. Never been to a bull sale, never been to cattle raisers convention. Like that part was just completely foreign to me. Um, So, you know, there are a ton of facets to ranching um, and even to, you know, land ownership. Um, And I think that, you know, cattle are a part of it, but if they are part of your ranch, they're a big part of it. And there were times, you know, whenever I would, before I got into this position, whenever I was working in politics, you know, I'd stay up late at night wondering how I was going to learn about all of the different aspects of ranching that I didn't know about because I wasn't really wanting to move back to San Angelo, probably wasn't going to find time to get into range management school. And so it really like kept me up late at night of how, where do I learn this? Like, can you Google how to work cattle? Can you Google, um, you know, what kind of feed do I do and what do I do when there's a drought? I mean, there's only so much you can learn from Elmer Kelton until you really have to, uh, Figure out some some actual skills. So really, it it was it was an existential concern of mine until I mean you know it's almost embarrassing to say until I started this job and then I was like oh there are so many resources that cattle raisers offers to um, you know whether you're an aspirational rancher and one day you're gonna get those acres and you're gonna have your cows and you've already designed your your uh, brand, and it's just a matter of of getting it all done. Versus, you know, the King Ranch. Um, there's something for everybody, and everybody can learn something at cattle raisers. And um, as long as you're willing to ask questions and talk to people, everybody is a wealth of information. And so I've learned so much there. And, and you know, questions that I think. At some places, people might kind of scoff at you and be like, what are you? Like, are you new here? You don't, what do you, what kind of question is that? I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, you know, any question you ask, everybody's really glad to answer. And there's, you know, always a few different ways to do something. So they're always glad to help provide resources or directions to whatever you want to do. Um, and I would say my counterpart in the educational side of this, Emily, um, she has been a wealth of knowledge to me and puts on all of our great educational programming. So any skills that I one day implement as a cattle rancher will be thanks to Emily Um, and, and TSCRA is just educational uh, aspect. So I would say, you know, if I had to boil it down to one thing, if you want to get into the agriculture industry, find some people that you trust their judgment and you feel comfortable around and just ask them all the questions that you can think of because In my experience, I've never met anybody who wasn't willing to share their knowledge of, you know, what we do.
0: I would agree with that. I know we've talked about before, even for me. I mean, I grew up on a a working cattle ranch and till I left, did I realize like, oh, I really could have learned something. Like my parents knew what they were doing, but it was always like, oh, my parents are telling me to pick up those rocks. I guess I'll go pick them up and never understood why. And so you leave and then you're like, oh, wow. Or. You know, we went to Prefer and mm-hmm. the guy was talking about some working pins. I said, oh, I know I've used bad ones. Like my parents are good now that I know what bad ones mm-hmm. are like. And
1: yeah, so, <laughs> exactly.
0: But you obviously have a ton of knowledge in just working now, finding work-life balance as a mom. And so how do you really achieve work-life balance? And how is that something you've worked to attain at this point in your life?
1: Um, well, I will tell you the secrets is my success. Um, is that I have an amazing husband, um, hands down. That's the reason why I'm able to, to get my job done every day is because I have a husband that's here to support me. And, you know, he probably feeds Hope more than I do. I know he puts her to bed more than I do. Um, I think we're probably tied for a number of diapers changed, but you know, that's saying something compared to, I think in previous generations, you know, the wife kind of handled everything and we're definitely equal. So, um, I would say, yeah, if you want work life balance, step one, get yourself an amazing husband. Um, But no, in, um, you know, otherwise whenever I was young, you know, and working um, in politics, I always tried to be a yes person. And, you know, there are so many fun opportunities and you have so few responsibilities. And so I was always trying to say yes and go do as many things as I could run and play. Obviously, you know, you want to take care of your, Mental health and exercise and diet. Not that I'm always the greatest at that, um, but you know, I I remember saying to myself, I think I was like 23, and my roommate was like, "Your room is always such a mess. Like, what when are you ever going to clean your room?" And I was like, "There's going to come a day in my life where I'm not getting invited to happy hour five nights a week, and that'll be the the day that I have a clean room." But right now I'm going happy hour, so I'll see you tomorrow, kind of thing. Um, but. You know and now i'm here and and there's more time i guess once once you're a little older but i still like to go and and say yes to things as many things as possible i think um i think that the difference is that you just have to have a really strong support system whenever you have a family so like i said my husband's amazing i'm also incredibly blessed to have the world's best co-workers Um, Emily and Tyler and Jacqueline and Jana and everybody else at Cattle Raisers, they're just, you know, the best about, we all kind of uh, pick up where everybody else needs a little bit of help and um, make it so that nobody has too much work going on, hopefully, Um, is, you know, we try and all just support each other. Um, But I also think it's important um, to understand that there are just seasons of busyness in life. And whether that's you're a tax accountant and you're really busy up till April 15th or whenever I was in politics, it was always right before the primary election or right before the general election that you had to, you know, really pick up the fundraising pace. Or for us, you know, January to March, if your birthday's in January to March, don't expect a birthday gift from me. But once April comes, we're going out to the stockyards and we'll spend a day there together. You know what I mean? And so it's giving yourself some grace, I think, in those in those seasons of busyness to say, I can't be everything to everybody right now. That doesn't mean that I won't be one day. That doesn't mean I won't be in two weeks. I just need to um, cut myself some slack and ask other people to cut me some slack while I get everything that needs to get done done. Um, And then we can go back to having a good time and relaxing. So that's that's my mantra.
0: That's some solid advice. We've also talked about you said as you've gotten older, you've learned how to manage projects better and like what is important and needs to be done now versus what could be done tomorrow. Mm -hmm. See, I feel like I don't have that. And it's just like, okay, I got to get everything done right now. And so, you know, how did you get to that point, just time or just, you know, getting a feel for everything?
1: Yeah, I think, um, that's a great question. I think you just kind of learn to triage things a little bit, you know, there's um, always going to be stuff that needs to be done right now. And you kind of I have a hierarchy of, okay, is this is this somebody that works outside of cattle raisers that I need to be, you know, provide good customer service to, whether that's one of our members or a board of director or one of our exhibitors or our sponsors. Like, obviously they're going to be at the very top of my list just because they don't work with us internally and they, they are volunteering. They don't have to be, um, supporting our association, but because everybody that we work with on the outside is so supportive, I want to make sure that we're providing really good customer service to them. Um, And then you kind of, you know, triage from there. Okay, if we've got five ranch gatherings and conventions down the road, you know, I got to get everything done a little bit at a time. But, you know, as I always say, there's only one way to eat an elephant, and that's one bite at a time. So you just can take only so many bites every day, and then you got to lay down because you're full. So... Then you got to take a break.
0: <laughs> and why?
1: Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. And.
0: So we have a standing question on the podcast that we ask all of our guests. And so if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why?
1: So I've been thinking about this for a while. And I think that my billboard would say, ask me where you can learn shit about shoots. Um, and that is because. Um, I'm sure after you've listened all this, you know that I maybe didn't know what a shoot was whenever I started working at Cattle Raisers. Um, and we have a thing called a shootout, which is um, you know, it's to demonstrate how the different shoots work that all the different companies use at our convention. And so my husband and I were joking when I were like, I don't know shit about shoots and where am I gonna learn it and how am I gonna learn it in time for the convention? And I'm glad to say that I do know some shit about shoots now and the good news is i know exactly where to go find all that information and it's at tscra.org. so if you need to learn about shoots that's where you can go Where you
0: can start well Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it you're
1: the best tyler Mm